Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus hello and welcome into brewcast from maize and brew on the sb nation podcast network luke yardy here with you along with scotty white and we are here with you tuesday may 3rd as we head into wednesday may 4th and this is generally a pretty slow time of year to talk Michigan sports here on Brewcast. However, uh, the the college landscape has changed a little bit and uh, always providing us with something new to talk about. Scotty White, how you doing here tonight, man? Yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Um, yeah, you're right, man. I keep thinking we're going to run out of stuff to talk about, and then <laughs> every time I hop on Twitter, I see 10 new things for us to talk about, so... We've got a good show. It, we do. We do. We're going to talk a little NFL draft here uh, with Michigan players obviously getting drafted, a couple in the first round, and quite a few more uh, in the later rounds as well as some UDFAs. Uh, we are going to be talking some basketball news as roster attrition continues to happen for the Michigan men's basketball team. So we're going to jump right in. We're going to start with the NFL here, though, Scotty White, because, you know, for a long time we thought, or a lot of people thought, maybe Aiden Hutchinson probably going number one uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars, though, as time led up to the draft within the the last week, week and a half, the odds really started to shift in favor of Trayvon Walker uh, going number one overall. Ultimately, he did. The Jacksonville Jaguars took the uh, Georgia defensive end ahead of Aiden Hutchinson, and then we weren't quite sure what was going to happen with Detroit and number two overall. Many thought uh, we expected probably it was going to be Aiden Hutchinson, though uh, odds started to get better for Kayvon Thibodeau at the number two spot as well. Ultimately, though, it was Aiden Hutchinson going to Detroit, number two 
overall. And in fact, it wasn't much of a question by the Detroit Lions. As uh, I don't know if you saw this here today, they kind of got in trouble for how quickly uh, they ended up making the pick. The league got mad at them. It took them less than a minute since they were told about the Trayvon Walker pick to uh, uh, announce the or turn in the card for the Aiden Hutchinson pick. And, you know, we saw video from that as well. Aiden Hutchinson getting the call from the Detroit Lions. And Roger Goodell, about 30 seconds into that video, you can hear him announce the Trayvon Walker pick to the Jacksonville Jags. So the Lions rushed the card to get Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall, Scotty. Great landing spot for the hometown kid. Oh, yeah, dude. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, not really a, a surprise for me. Um, yeah, I mean, going into the draft, like we talked about last week, I thought it was either going to be Kayvon or Aiden at number one. Um, but, yeah, leading up to it, um, seemed like it was pretty certain that Aiden would go number two. And, man, you can't blame the Lions for rushing those picks. I mean, personally, obviously, I have some bias, but I think that Aiden Hutchinson was the best player in the draft. Um, well, so you're not ready. alone in that, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he went number two, so obviously there's a great argument for it. And um, he was available at number two. The Lions, I mean, dude, that's a no-brainer to go get him. I don't really understand why it's a problem to uh, to know the guy that you want either. No, I, I don't think it is, you know, no question about it. I think they were ecstatic because, you know, there are some – experts and obviously we don't know how the draft is going to work out there's so many question marks so many variables uh with players going to the next level but a lot of question marks surrounding Jacksonville's thought process in taking um Trayvon Walker not only over Aiden Hutchinson but maybe over uh Kayvon Thibodeau if you're looking for an edge rusher as well especially if you look at production though I mean Rashawn Gary is the poster child for uh, you know, production at the college level doesn't always mean everything, at, you know, as you as you go to the next level. But many thought Aiden Hutchinson, especially after he tested out and, and seeing what an athletic freak he actually is. I mean, the, let's be honest here, man. I think that I, I personally think this was a home run hire for the Detroit Lions. Now, I am not a Detroit Lions fan. Uh, so objectively speaking, I, I thought this was fantastic. I don't know about you, Scotty. Are you a Lions fan? I am a Lions fan, and I'm very happy. With, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. What was? What, were you? So, what was it like? You know, waiting for that number two pick. Was there as any? Was there any doubt in your mind that it was not going to be Aiden Hutchinson? Like, were you like, oh man, I really hope it is. I'm not 100 percent sure though. And were you like relieved when that was the pick? I was. I was. I was still nervous. I would say I was like 90 percent sure that they were gonna go with Aiden. Like. Obviously, like in my mind, I'm like, this is the obvious pick, uh, but you never know what they're thinking. I was worried that they were going to call Kayvon's name. So I was pretty eagerly watching the TV and uh, I had some loud claps when I heard Aiden's <laughs> name. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy that I get to to root for him on my favorite NFL team. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, I, I saw stuff coming after the draft, too. Right. And. A lot of it is uh, from Lions fans that are of a, a different fan base here in the, the state of Michigan. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, talking about, and this is uh, this is obviously void of all context, and I don't understand it. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, they're like, oh, man, he had one productive year in college. Well, all right, let's break it down a little bit. 2020 was a pandemic year, shortened season, and Aiden yeah. Hutchinson ended up with a season-ending injury. And the year before that, in 2019, like, yeah, it wasn't not super productive as a sophomore. No, no, it wasn't. But again, he was a sophomore, and he was playing in a certain defense 
that held Rashawn Gary back with the exact same reasoning. People let Rashawn Gary slide. Now look at him. He's a very productive player for the Green Bay Packers. You know, I mean, the sack totals continue to rise, but his quarterback pressures are really, really top-notch for Green Bay. And, And most people who watch Rashawn Gary in college, mostly Michigan fans, we're kind of screaming that from the mountaintop, right? Like, my goodness, man, he's like he has assigned a certain role in this Don Brown defense that is not allowing him to use all of his talents. And as Michigan fans, it was even really frustrating at times to not yeah. let Rashawn Gary go. So Aiden Hutchinson, you need to grade him on the fact that he was playing in Don Brown's defense for three years. All of a sudden, you get Mike McDonald, who's now a, an NFL defensive coordinator, and he has, you know, he, he's one of the, if not the most productive defensive player in college football last year, Will Anderson probably was at the end of the day, but probably second most productive college football defensive player in the entire country. Yeah, dude. I mean, that talk is is all the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry. I mean, if Aiden Hutchinson was from another school, they obviously would not be saying any of that. I mean, he showcased his abilities every single game in the 2021 season. And if that's not enough to prove how good of a player he is, I don't know what is. Um, And I really don't understand that. I mean, I I feel like for me, I can appreciate the talents of of players from other teams. I mean, no one had heard Kenneth Walker's name before this season. If he was on the Lions, I'd be thrilled to have him. He's a great running back. So I don't know. I don't really, I don't really understand that. I think it's, I, I think it's pretty clear from his season last year that Aiden Hutchinson is a monster and he's going to be able to to keep up this production level in the NFL. And, and you know, at the end of the day, he's 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 good at getting to the quarterback. Uh, he's also uh, you know better than Kayvon Thibodeau in the run game uh, as well. So I think that was uh, the right choice. And and I also don't understand the thing. I saw I saw another take here that uh, it was. Uh, Kind of a, if there is any criticism of Brad Holmes sort of thing, uh, it was that sometimes he'll, you know, uh, see talent uh, in favor of culture fit. And later on, you know, in the in the replies, he mentioned that Hutchinson was arguably, I, I can't remember who it was, but Hutchinson arguably fits that mold there. And, and I'm thinking to myself, why are, and I've kind of heard this throughout the draft process, you know, that the only reason Kayvon Thibodeau is sliding is is maybe because of his his attitude. Does, does he really want it? You know, Hutchinson, he gets the label for the white guy, right? That he's just a bring your lunch pail to work, just a gritty kind of guy. Dude, his RAS score was through the roof. He tested better than both Bosa's. He was productive as hell last year. The dude is an athletic freak. I know he's got somewhat short arms for the position. Position, but this is not a cement-footed, bring-your-lunch-pail-to-work type of guy. This is a an elite, elite athlete. So I'm like, why, you know, what is the deal here with everyone just assuming Kayvon Thibodeau's got more talent than this guy? I don't understand. I, I don't understand that either. I mean, I, I really think that this is coming from people that did not watch a lot of Aiden Hutchinson last year. I mean, like me and you, man, we watched him every game, obviously. Um, I mean... And, and the thing is, is that these people that you see these takes, you know, there's a reason he went number two overall in the NFL draft. You know, yeah. these guys aren't going number two overall in the NFL draft if they're not freak athletes and very, very talented football players. I think he's I think he has more talent than Kayvon, too. I, I don't understand it either. Yeah, it's it's a weird narrative. But at the end of the day, 
it's just another chip on the shoulder, I guess. I, I don't know if Aiden, yeah. Hutchinson has, Aiden Hutchinson has too many chips. You know, he finished second in a Heisman voting here this past year. But if there's any chips to be had, it's that right there that he gets to go prove his worth. And he's he's really got to play his entire life in the state of Michigan, which I would imagine has got to be a pretty cool feeling for him. So I'm, I'm very happy for him. I think he wanted to be with the Detroit Lions. I think he's buying in to what Dan Campbell and what Brad Holmes are doing. Uh, in Detroit, and I think this is a home run pick in what I thought was an incredible draft for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I really liked what the Lions did, um, and yeah, I mean, I think it could add a chip. Just I feel like I feel like a lot of times, I mean, it seems like even outside of Michigan's rivals, a lot of people just don't like Michigan. Um, I I don't really know why, um, but that's just what I've what I've seen. Um, and I feel like a lot of times good Michigan players, people are like, oh, they're going to be a bust. They're overrated. Um, so I just feel like that that, that could be a, a good chip on his shoulder as well. So Aiden Hutchinson, obviously, he was pretty much a lock to go uh, top five. Now, for the other guys, we weren't 100% sure. Uh, most of the mocks had Dax Hill as a round one pick. But as the night or on Thursday night, you started to, to wonder a little bit, or at least I did, is Dax Hill... Uh, going to go here in the first round. Finally, he went to the uh, NFL runners-up and the AFC champions of a year ago, the Cincinnati Bengals at number 31 overall. And I'd imagine this was another team that was just thrilled uh, that he was still there for them in, in a position of need. Dax Hill, uh, I was hoping, you know, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, so Scotty's a Lions fan, I'll divulge my, you know, uh, my allegiances here. Uh, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I don't know how the Tyler Smith pick will pan out, but I would have loved to have Dax Hill uh, in a star helmet next year. Unfortunately, they went in a different direction, and Cincinnati's going to be the benefactor of that. Yeah, and I'm happy for Dax here. Um, I, did th- I did think that he was going to go a little bit sooner, um, but still happy to see that he's, that he's a first-round pick because I think he deserves that. He's obviously a great player. And also, you know, he's going to – I think the Bengals have a lot of promise, man. They mm-hmm. were obviously in the Super Bowl last year. Joe Burrow's a hell of a quarterback. Um, so, you know, that's that's the upside of falling back a little bit into the first round as you get on these teams that, that are going to the playoffs, going making Super Bowl runs. Um, so I really hope that that continues for them. Maybe, maybe see Dax get a ring here soon. And, you know – his versatility is is just something that I'm really excited to watch at the next level, especially uh, with, with that Bengals defense, who they were just uh, they were almost an island of misfit toys last year, but they were they were productive, and I think adding a dynamic player like Dax Hill, where you could play him anywhere, he could play corner, he could play the nickel, which I would imagine is going to be where he's going to spend most of his rookie season. Uh, I would at, at least think he's going to be playing a lot of nickel, but he can obviously play the p- safety position incredibly well. Uh, is Cincinnati's, they like to blitz. They're going to be getting after the quarterback probably uh, with Dax Hill as well, man. He is such a versatile player, so much fun to watch. Uh, I'm very, very excited to to see where he ends up. He ultimately was the second safety off the board, so we saw the, the slip of Kyle Hamilton earlier, which probably could have forecasted a bit of a slip for Dax Hill down to 31. Yeah, and that's why I wasn't too surprised about this because I really, <clears throat> once it was kind of the the mid-first round, I'm thinking early to mid-first round, I'm thinking, all right, Kyle Hamilton's going to go here. Um, obviously, he's a stud. Um, so when I kind of saw him sliding down, I was like, all right, that's definitely going to push Dax back a little bit because um, Dax is great, but I, but I was pretty um, not a surprise that, that Kyle Hamilton was going to go first. 
So two first-round picks uh, for Michigan, which was awesome to see, man. I mean, that's great for the program, obviously. You know, not not quite as many as Georgia, uh, no question about that. But but maybe one day, and ultimately, they probably would have had three first-round picks had it not been for the Michigan Pro Day and the unfortunate Achilles injury for David Ajabo. Uh, but he didn't have to wait too long on day two, and the pipeline continues. The Michigan-Baltimore pipeline continues. Um, definitely not the first player, Michigan player to be drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. Now you've got Mike McDonald as the defensive coordinator there after one year at Michigan. And he, guess who gets to go with him? The guy who really changed probably David Ajabo's life a little bit with coming in, Mike, uh, Mike McDonald, and uh, running a system that allowed Ojabo to really get after the quarterback. He improved so much uh, from the previous year to this past year at Michigan, uh, would have been a top 12 pick, but I'm sure Baltimore is thrilled to be able to get him in the second round at number 45 overall. Yeah, dude, it was a nice little silver lining, you know. He he fell back a little bit, um, but, I mean, when you saw that he was still available when the Ravens had that that pick, you just knew. Um, you knew he was going there, obviously. It's John Harbaugh, Mike McDonald. Um, so, and, and, and seeing the reaction from David Ajabo. That was really cool, man. That was awesome, dude. I mean, his, his story, I mean, you can make a movie about his story. Um, so I'm extremely excited. I think that he is going to be fine after this injury and that, that could maybe be seen as a steal of the draft. Um, like you said, man, he was going to be a first rounder. Um, and I just couldn't be more happy for Ajabo. And going back to Mike McDonald, I mean, I think he's just we, – we know he, he can flourish in that system that Mike McDonald has. Um, and, and I can't wait to see that happen in the NFL. Yeah, man. And, look, at the end of the day, a ruptured Achilles sucks. Like, there's yeah. no way around that. But – it's not really the career-ending injury that it used to be, or at least it seems to be trending that way. Obviously, I mean, we saw Cam Akers as a same-season returnee off the injury. Like, mm-hmm. uh, that would that was unheard of five years ago. I mean, we have advanced so much. ACL tears, uh, speaking of the Detroit Lions, I mean, you, you, you look at Williams, I mean, Jamison Williams, who tore his ACL in the national championship game, and... Good Lord, man, the video came out right before the draft. He looked fantastic. Like, where we're going with the the ability for elite athletes to be able to recuperate from injuries, I don't know that David Ajabo is going to miss this entire season. You know, he's going to miss some time, obviously, but he very well could be back for Baltimore and be a productive player for them in the back half of the season. Yeah, it really is. It is great to see these players making making, um, these quick returns, and and that's why I just have so much confidence in Ajabo. yeah, I mean, you're right. It does suck. Um, I obviously would love to be seeing him come in in week one um, to be able to play. Um, but I, I would, I definitely think that I wouldn't say definitely, but I would say if I had to make a prediction, I would say that we're going to see him make an appearance in the first season. And you know who else is? Uh, I'd imagine David Ajabo is also happy uh, that he's not having to play defensive line in the AFC South because going number 131 overall to the Tennessee Titans and teaming up with Derrick Henry is Hassan Haskins. So you get a break from tackling the big man Derrick Henry and you got to deal with trying to tackle Hassan Haskins. Man, those defenses are not going to get a break. Nope, dude, that is so awesome to see. And you know, he it's it's you know even more of a uh, of um 
a dynamic running back tandem than the than Blake Corum. Blake Corum's great, but I'm not going to say he's quite on Derrick Henry's level. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting for Haskins to kind of take that uh, behind behind Derrick Henry role. But um, they're going to be they're going to be a special uh, running back duo. Yeah, man, it, it's going to be fun. I I do wonder. I think Hassan Haskins is probably going to be well adjusted to the game because he's pretty good in pass protection. So I think he's going to be able to find the field like kind of how Chris Evans was able to get on the field for Cincinnati uh, mm-hmm. is being a third down back or even just being a change of pace guy for Derrick Henry because at this point in Henry's career, you'd have to imagine they want to start kind of limiting his workload it's had. You know what I'm saying? Because he's a bruiser. He runs through contact. You can't give him 300 carries a year. But if you want to keep that bruising style of running going, you, you go with Hassan Haskins. He could catch the ball out of the backfield. He could pass protect. I think he's definitely, uh, you know, obviously he's not going to overtake Derrick Henry. We have no, you know, uh, delusions of grandeur on that front. Uh, but I think he, he's definitely going to find some playing time uh, in Tennessee here this year as kind of a change of pace third down guy. Yeah, I totally agree. <clears throat> and yeah, he is. Obviously, he's not, not quite to that size of Derrick Henry, um, but he is a similar runner. I mean, dude, he, he is tough to bring down. Um, and yeah, dude, I mean, I remember the video, uh, the Penn state game. I think that was one of, one of my favorites of him, uh, in the past protection game, just laying out a Penn state defenseman. That was awesome. So he's kind of a do it all kind of guy. Um, and yeah, you're right, man. He's, uh, they're not going to want to feed, um, feed Henry the whole game, you know, risk him getting an injury. Um, and you know, we saw last year when Blake Corum went down, like Hassan Haskins, he can, he can carry a full load. Um, so I think that he's definitely going to find some, some field time for sure. He's going to be a, he's going to be a good, um, a good compliment to Derrick Henry. And then finally, what feels like just a perfect fit. I can't really describe it, but Andrew Stuber headed to new England at number 245 overall, uh, Bill Belichick. He loves the guys that come out of Ann Arbor, especially in the he later does. rounds. Uh, you know, yep. um, uh, Mike Awenu, Josh Uche, Cam McGrone, Chase Winovich, all New England Patriot uh, picks uh, for Bill Belichick and staff. Uh, he, he apparently loves the way Jim Harbaugh has his guys ready to go for the NFL. And Andrew Stuber, again, j- just feels like a, a fit New England. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And um, I, can think of, I can think of a certain uh, player from Michigan that went late to, uh, to the Patriots that has had a pretty good career. So <laughs> I think things could work out pretty well for him over there. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if he has uh, that type of career as Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I doubt it, but uh, definitely. Uh, never know, man. Yeah, yeah I guess you, you never know. We'll see if Andrew Stuber becomes the greatest offensive lineman of all time. Uh, but <laughs> definitely rooting for him. And, uh, you know, got to love what New England's building there. Uh, a couple offensive lineman picks for the Patriots here this year, kind of revamping that line for uh, rookie um, Mac Jones. So real quick to the UDFAs as the Michigan to Baltimore pipeline continues. Josh Ross uh, signing with the Baltimore Ravens and, you know, Mike McDonald gets to use this guy as a run stuffer once again. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's, I love seeing Michigan guys go to, go to the hard boss and now with McDonald. Uh, I think they're going to, they're going to do so well there. Uh, Brad Hawkins uh, headed to Atlanta. Dalen Baldwin, UDFA uh, to the New York Giants. This is pretty cool as well. Obviously, uh, the Dalen Baldwin grad transfer, he, he wasn't probably didn't have the season he quite uh, wanted to or expected to in Ann Arbor, but he's still going to get a shot in the league. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys, too, where, you know, like you said, he didn't have quite the season that he wanted, but, I mean, he showed a lot of potential. He's a big receiver, too. I think that he really has a lot of potential to be a good NFL receiver. 
And now, finally, I want to talk about a certain UDFA, and I'm still not really sure what happened here. Uh, Chris Hinton enters the draft early and does not get picked. He does sign as an undrafted free agent to the New York Giants, but... What happened here? Did he? Do you think he got bad advice? Was was he just sick of of college football and going to class, things like that? Just wanted to get to the next level. I'm I'm not really sure what happened here because it's it's unfortunate whenever someone leaves early and doesn't get drafted. Maybe he felt he was capped out at the college level, couldn't improve his draft stock any more than he could uh, from a year ago. Uh, it, it just a, a really odd situation for someone who is the starting defensive tackle and was lined up to be starting again here this year. Yeah, and that's why I don't really think it's an instance where he doesn't think that he can improve his draft stock because, like you said, I mean, he was, he was going to be playing all the time this year. Um, so I don't really think that's the case. Um, and I was still, I was surprised that he, that he didn't get drafted. I mean, I wasn't expecting him to be a, um, first, second round, third round guy. Um, but I was expecting him to go around fifth, maybe sixth. Um, so I, I really don't know what's going on there. Um, and I, and I was surprised to see him not get drafted. Yeah. It's really unfortunate, but if he's happy with the decision, man, good for him, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, obviously. I mean, I'm glad that he still did um, find a way to, to sign one uh, UDFA, too. Yeah, and as long as he's comfortable with it and he's he's not regretting it, I, I don't know. But, yeah, just a really, really weird situation. And you, you just hope it wasn't a circumstance of someone getting in his ear and giving him bad advice because that's the last thing you ever want to see. Ultimately, you know, you expect to get drafted and you ultimately don't. Uh, but but I'm definitely rooting for Chris Hinton, and I, I really hope he finds a spot on that Giants roster. Yeah, exactly. At this point, you can only hope that everything was up to him and that he's happy with the decision and he's happy where he's at now. So pretty good weekend for the Michigan Wolverines with uh, five players drafted, three going in the top 45 Overall, definitely uh, good for the program and, you know, looking forward to uh, hopefully another great draft next year, hopefully off another great Michigan football uh, season here this year. We're going to shift gears a little bit coming up on Brewcast. We're going to talk a little basketball as the roster attrition continues. That's coming up next on Brewcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And back in on Brewcast, Luke Yardy and Scotty White here with you. Kind of recapping where the Wolverines landed in the NFL draft here this past weekend. Wasn't the only news uh, over the weekend, though, because Michigan basketball, uh, everything in college basketball, the landscape has changed so much. Uh, the, the transfer portal, NIL, um, things are happening pretty much all year now. And uh, one guy that many Michigan fans expected to be coming back will not be coming back as he's entered his name in the transfer portal. And that is Frankie Collins, Uh, Scotty White. This kind of uh, coming off the news, you'd have to imagine anyway, 
uh, that it's uh, coming off the news with uh, the, you know the the transfers obviously coming in with Jalen Llewellyn uh, coming in from Princeton as a, as a point guard though myself I, I kind of thought he was going to be playing that two guard Eli Brooks position this upcoming year uh, apparently Frankie did not feel that way and he's entered his name into the transfer portal and uh, is not going to be with the Michigan program next year. Yeah, this one hurts, man. Um, I believe that he was uh, both of our player that we were most yeah. excited to watch yep. last year or next year. Yes. Um, so this this one hurts. And yeah, I mean, it did come right after Llewellyn transferred. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I still thought that Frankie would be able to have a valuable role on the team, even with the transfer. Um, but like you said, I guess maybe he didn't feel that way. Um, I mean, I hope everything works out for him. He finds a good landing spot. Um, saw he was in, in Tempe the other day, which kind of hurts, you know, still some uh, some past things from Arizona State and Josh Christopher. Um, but yeah, this this was this was very surprising to see. Now, what I, I was surprised to see a little bit, it, it's kind of eased the pain for me a little bit. Look, I love Frankie Collins. It was a joy to watch him play. Obviously, he had some shortcomings, you know, obviously didn't have a, a great jump shot, but I loved the way uh, that he ran the offense. Dude was a playmaker. Dude was a gamer, uh, especially, you know, the way he was able to step up in those Colorado and Tennessee games at the tournament were were unbelievable, and that's what had us so excited for this upcoming season. But you look at, uh, according to Joe Tipton, uh, the schools that reached out, Arizona State, Texas A&M, Wichita State, Murray State, Seton Hall, BYU, Grand Canyon, Vanderbilt, and Tennessee. So, I you know, not exactly. Like, there's some good programs. Tennessee, Texas A&M, a couple of good programs in there. You know, uh, Seton Hall, uh, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with them with, with their new leadership. Um, it was Shaheen Holloway. But not really a murderer's role. A team's reaching out to Frankie Collins here, former top 50 recruit. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was a little surprised to see that list, too. And it's just, you know, it just makes you wonder, like, why why you would want to transfer and, and go play um, for one of those schools when you've got, um, you know, Jawan Howard here at Michigan. Things seem to be going in the right direction. Um, I guess it's it's obviously tough to, to get into a player's head and, and understand what they're feeling. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean – like I said, Michigan Michigan seems to have it all in place right now. They've got guys coming back next year. Hunt coming back seems like a promising year ahead, more promising than those programs. Um, but like I said, it's, it's just hard to get into the players' head and see what they're thinking. Yeah, and it's really unfortunate, man. And you'd like to see, because Frankie is a talented dude, and you would like, mm-hmm. even with Jalen Llewellyn coming in, and if Frankie thinks that he's being brought in to take his spot, like it's still... You want to see it, and look, Frankie is obviously inclined to do what he feels is best for him, but I, I would love to see a guy fight for that spot. Force force Juwan yeah. Howard to play Jalen Llewellyn as an off-ball guard. Force him to do it by going out and working hard and, and just being the better point guard out there, you know? Like, Juwan Howard... I think he has proven, at least to this point, seemingly, you know, obviously some rotation questions last year, but he's going to play the better player, I feel like. Like, that. that's how I feel about uh, 
Juwan Howard. I think he is going to, if he feels the team's got a better chance to win with Frankie running the point, Jalen Llewellyn on the two guard, and, you know, some we don't know who's going to be coming back here, but say it's playing Jet or Caleb Houston at, at the three and figuring it out from there. Like, he's going to do that. You'd love to see a, a little bit of fight for that position. But if Frankie just wants to go and, you know, he go where he knows he's going to get the tick. I, I don't blame him uh, on that front either, but uh, I, I still think there's something to be said b- about, you know, fighting uh, a, a little bit and saying, you know what, you, you're bringing in this guy to beat me out, but he's not going to be able to, you know? Yeah, I don't really understand that because, I mean, Frankie's really good. I don't know why there would be any assumption on his part that he's not going to get that. Um and yeah, I mean, you want to see a guy who's going to be like, oh, there's a chance that I'm not going to have this. But like, you don't, you don't want to see that. You want to see him fight for it. Um, and also, you I mean, Michigan had a, a grad transfer point guard last year. Frankie still had a, a good role on the team. He got some good minutes as a freshman. Um, and even with Llewellyn coming in, I mean, like you said, he's a grad transfer. He's only going to be there one year. Um, it wouldn't be like Frankie just wouldn't be playing at all, even if Llewellyn does beat him out. So that's why I'm just like, I don't really know what is, what's forcing him out, you know? Yeah, I mean, I would imagine it has something to do with that. But uh, yeah. other than that, though, the attrition seems, uh, you know, Sunday was the deadline to get the name in the transfer portal. Frankie's the only one we've heard of. Sounds like, you know, there, there were some rumblings kind of underneath with Frankie going, and th- th- there were some real rumblings happening about maybe Kobe Bufkin, Terrence yeah. Williams, uh, Isaiah Barnes, but... Sounds like they're all coming back. At least we have no reason to believe those guys are not going to be in Michigan uniforms here next year. Now we just await uh, Musa Diabate and Caleb Houston. We're not even going to talk about the Imani Bates nonsense. Imani Bates nonsense. It's nonsense, all right? He's almost certainly not coming to Michigan. I really hope I don't have to eat my words on that, but we're not even going to acknowledge that as an option right now. He released the top six, and then a bunch of reporters from all over, we're kind of like, look, only a couple of these are actually viable options. Michigan's not really showing any interest in this guy, and that's exactly what I have heard as yeah. well. I have I have heard that within the building, they don't even view it as an option. So uh, we're not going to talk about that. So really all we're waiting on here right now uh, is uh, Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate, though I, I suppose we should talk about how about Hunter Dickinson and Jace Howard going after Mark Evans at uh, or Mark Adams, excuse me, uh, at Texas Tech for yeah, you, you know potentially it sounds like blocking Terrence Shannon from taking summer classes to be able to come to Ann Arbor as a grant transfer. Yeah, dude. Oh man, the I forgot like, about how many things have gone down since we last had a podcast, <laughs> bro. You know, they keep God. they keep us. I mean, they, they at least they're giving us something to talk to here in May. You know, talk true, about here in May. That was. This was some good stuff. I mean, I I don't think I've seen a guy tweet and tag an opposing coach like that. Was that was wild, and, uh, man. Yeah, and they were deleted quick. I'm glad that I checked Twitter when I did. Um, obviously, there's <laughs> screenshots and everything, but wow. Yeah, that was something that I've never seen before. Um, and if the Michigan-Illinois Ugh. rivalry that started to brew the past couple of years. Like, of course you had to go to Illinois too, right? I know, dude. You know, that's that's going to be a game next year. And, dude, schedule Texas Tech now at Chrysler, man. I want to see that. Uh, you thought Hunter Dickinson was outlandish in the Mich- second Michigan State game? Could oh you- he would be jogging at Mark Adams all night. 
Yep. Yeah, I, I feel like there would be some technical fouls issued in a game like that. Mark, Mark <laughs> Adams would probably uh, pull a John Chaney and put a guy out there just to go try and break his arm. Yeah, that would be that would be insane. Um, I would not be opposed to seeing Michigan play Texas Tech next year. That's for sure. Yeah, that would be nuts. So that was crazy. Um, obviously, the tweets got deleted from both guys, but the point was made. I don't think it was ever intended for those tweets to be left up, but they knew as soon as they went up, they'd be screenshotted forever. And that I think that was the goal from Hunter and Jace there. Um, and man. College basketball, it, it's been an incredible offseason. I, I will say that. I think there are some things with the transfer portal and NIL stuff that needs to kind of get ironed out. Everything's in its infancy right now, but it has made for some great content, let me tell you. It definitely has. And, and yeah, there's there's also Hunter Dickinson's comments about Michigan and how they're not utilizing NIL. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, really a, a lot of things that have happened in the past week in regards to that. Um, that was definitely a concerning article to read, by the way. Um, yes, it was. Yeah, dude. I mean, things are things are just happening nonstop. There's there's no off season anymore with the transfer portal and NIL stuff. Yep, and uh, it's well, it's gonna help us a little bit here on the show. We're gonna have stuff yeah. to talk about all summer, seeming like. It seems like it. All righty, man. Well, that's about gonna do it for us here on this week's Brewcast, Scotty. Before we go, where can we find you on social media? You guys can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore. Um, like like we've said, we've still got lots of stuff coming out about basketball and the transfer portal. Um, we're still going to be bringing out some offseason football stuff as well. And the Michigan baseball season still going, and I'm, uh, and I'm covering that as well. So you can give me a follow on Twitter at Scotty White underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Luke Giardi, L-U-K-E-G-H-I-A-R-D-I. Follow the Brewcast Show page at Brewcast Show. And, of course, the Maze and Brew Show page, or excuse me, just the Maze and Brew page uh, at Maze and Brew. Subscribe, rate, leave a review for all of our great podcasts. We have so many that we bring you throughout the week. you got to subscribe so you don't miss a single one. We got you covered all year long uh, for Michigan sports here at Maze and Brew in the SB Nation podcast network so for my partner scotty white i'm luke yardy we'll see you next week on brewcast